Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm a very, like, at base, pretty anxious. <laughs> this is why I am high all the time, because I'm just like, oh, I need 26 less thoughts <laughs> at all times. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we've got Dwayne Perkins on the podcast. If my voice sounds weird, it's because I have finally listened to my immune system, which said, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, it's it's done for. I got very sick after the show ended, after Matt and I went to our Palm Springs vacation, but... I'm on the antibiotics, and I'm going to be back in action in no time. Now, Dwayne Perkins is an incredible guest. I actually emailed his people to have him on over a year ago, and I'm so glad it finally happened. If you don't know Dwayne Perkins, he's uh, written for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Amber Ruffin Show. He's been on Comedy Central, Netflix, and his sketch that was on Comedy Central called The Blackening was made into a feature film, and it's coming out this June, and I cannot fucking wait i gotta tell you something that is fully insane that happened to me so we had a great time in palm springs we got back we were in there for matt's birthday and we decided to go out uh, this weekend to akbar in silver lake and i see this guy that i like completely recognize from college i know i never knew him in college but i saw him everywhere so i was like matt i'll be right back i go up to him turns out we went to nyu the same exact time we lived in the same exact freshman dorm and we both hooked up with our ras classic while we're comparing those notes he says wait a minute my friend here also went to nyu turns out we were also there at the same time i unfortunately did not recognize him however I asked, where do you live? What part of town and what part of LA are you in? And he tells me, you know, he's around Koreatown. I say, oh, that's so funny. I'm close to there as well. Ladies and gents, we live in the same building. He lives two floors above me. This very cute, very sweet, lovely gay man who I apparently went to college with also has a little terrier dog. It's been living 20 feet, 30 feet above my gay ass head. 
God, I love LA and I love being a faggotrini. But let's get into this episode with Dwayne Perkins. If you've not yet seen that sketch called The Blackening, I'll put the link in the show notes. It is so funny. It's about a group of black friends who find themselves in like a slasher film scenario. But because usually the the black person dies first in those types of movies, they have to decide who is the blackest. It is so funny. It comes out this June. And I truly hope you come with me to see it. In this episode, we talk about the musical Dwayne was rehearsing when he had his first kiss. We talk about how Liv Tyler is mother. And I wait till the end of the episode to ask about his character actress of choice. And the answer is not surprising, but it is perfection. Make sure you follow me at Eric Wills. Follow the podcast at Gay Ass Podcast. And enjoy. It is Dwayne Perkins on That's a Gay-Ass Fooking Podcast. Dwayne, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I've been wanting you on this podcast since the beginning. I have followed you on social media. I'm a fan of so many of your projects, and I am so honored and touched that you are here. Thank you for coming on this podcast, Dwayne. Of course. I'm very flattered. Thank you for having me. First of all, I want to congratulate you on just moving to a new house, you say? Mazel tov. Thank you. Yes, yes, I have. Are you an LA girl? Yes. So uh, you have done the impossible, which is find a stunning place to live in the worst time in history to buy a house. Do you have any advice for people that uh, want happiness? Um, I would say generational wealth and maybe nepotism because it was way too hard for me because I didn't have those things. Uh, it was the worst fucking time. <laughs> it really uh, is. Do you have a stance on nepotism babies? Do you feel like they're getting attention that is deserved or do you think that they should just be able to be famous and have the opportunities without any bad press. Uh, no, I just think that uh, it's kind of goes with it. Like um, similar to like, as I get more jobs, I feel like there are certain things that I no longer have a hold or claim to. Like, I can't be like me and my broke sisters knowing that like, Oh, <laughs> I actually have money. Cause <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like, if you benefit from nepotism, that's kind of the draw. I'd be like, well, people who don't probably going to be mad about it. <laughs> but yeah. like, go cry in your piles of money. Like, I don't know what to tell Literally you. Literally go swim a lap in your daddy's pool is what yeah, I would say. Like, get out of social media. Yeah, go lay by the pool that you probably have. Like, Literally. I do want to say, too, that, and I and I know this is like a fun, silly podcast, but I just want you to know... That I really, you are an inspiration to me because you have worked your touche off. You have used your skills in writing and comedy and being gorgeous. And it just like you, you have done so many things that I aspire to. And so here's my question that I've been talking about in therapy. I've been talking about like, okay, so I need to feel successful right now because if something huge happens successfully career-wise whatever a lot of people always want to get to the next thing and they can't feel present in that success my deep question for you is have you found now that you have quote-unquote made it and you have like this huge movie coming out this summer has your um relationship to success or like being present have you felt like you've been able to stay in the now or has that been a struggle bus for you um 
It's been a struggle because I think that like my definition of success is constantly changing based on experiencing it in real time and mm-hmm. kind of having the expectation or like the dream in my head and then having a side by side to like what the reality was and being like, oh, okay, so this thing that I put a lot of weight on and it there was like an emotional bank of like, mm-hmm. oh, I set this aside for when I reach this point, I'm going to yeah. like take it all out, withdraw, and then there'll be so much joy because like that is what I have put all of my happiness around on right. this moment. So then I get to that moment and I like withdraw it. But I find at times that I did not take into account when I put the deposit in how much money I had like in my pocket. So it was like, oh, if I'm empty, opening up that bank that I like thought was a dream, it mm-hmm. kind of taints the experience. I found yeah. it'd be like, oh, like there is still like a real worldness to this dream that like I put a lot around. So I've been really trying to focus on like finding happiness from that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, like what about like what am I happy about right now versus what I'm judging the person I was like years ago when I made this goal, like. I'm really trying to like leech off of that person. Yeah, because if you're you're just basing yourself on like the future icon you hope to be, it's never going to measure up to like the person in your past who's probably so in awe of what you're doing Mm -hmm. now. And my therapist also talks about like, we have, you know, so many banks in our lives, like career bank, Mm -hmm. um, like family, emotional, whatever it is. And like, I have tried as I've like, you know, got into my... Well, I don't, I don't feel or think I'm old at all. But like once I'm now in my 30s, early to mid 30s, it's like, okay, there, the career bank is important, but it is not every fucking thing. Like I consider the fact that this has been my first year in LA, I've had a huge uptick of like, gay friends, gay experiences. It's like my gay bank, I would say she's the number, there's a lot of zeros in my gay bank. Mm -hmm. And that's something that doesn't count for nothing. Overflowing, like that, that, that is something. Truly. Is your gay, how is your gay bank doing right now? Good. Like I've also recently found like a really nice group of like gay black men that I am so infatuated with in such a like earnest way. They're all just like so kind and so sweet and so like beautiful. And I'm just like, wow, this is so nice. And they are in the industry and we're all like doing it. And yes. because of the struggles that we've all had, we all know like, oh, we're in this together because like, girl, we don't make none of these decisions. <laughs> right. Well, do you then find with this group of gays that it's because you have like the industry connection and the gay connection, the friend connection, are you able to be, go like on a group trip with them and then be able to let loose and have fun? I, my fantasy is to have a group of gays and go to like Palm Springs and I haven't done that yet, but that's my next goal. Okay, so like this group of people, like they've gone on trips and I've seen it. Like I wasn't like in the group yet. Um, and so like, and I've been like told like, hey, we're going on on this thing. But I'm like, oh, I have 20 things that I have to do. Uh, and so I just haven't been able to like prioritize friendship in that way. But that sure, is sure, a sure. goal of mine is to be able to like indulge in like fellowship and like a very like deep way uh because well that's the like the bank that we're talking about it's like okay so now you're maybe gonna move some money from one bank and then put it into the gay friend group bank and that might be a trip to antigua 
Yeah, could be. I'm like, I've never been to Mexico. Like, let's go. <laughs> all the girls, all the dolls talk about Puerto Vallarta as like the gay place in Mexico. And it mm-hmm. sounds fun and overwhelming. I don't, I, I would need to go. Like, I think I'm a bit of a, a scary Mary when it comes, like I would need my hand held while the foam is going around me in the bubble party. You know, like I can't, like I, I would not go with, I would only go with people who have done it before and know Puerto Vallarta well. Yeah, same. I'm not, um, I'm a very like at base, pretty anxious <laughs> for the most part. And this is why I am high all the time because we're just like, oh, I need 26 less thoughts uh, at all times. <laughs> you and I have that in common because that is why I partly love LA so much is the the lack of judgment and the acceptance and the appreciation and the encouragement of uh, a THC helpful moment. Like I am trying to really fi- find a balance of A, having tolerance, B, being productive, and C, still really enjoying it. And I have, but... I've been getting into pre-rolls recently and there's something about a blunt high that just tingles my body and stops the thoughts. Um, the edibles I was doing so much and then my sleep got a little weird. So what is your what is your um, TOC, your THC of choice? It's like a balancing act. It's like waivers because I also am like, I don't want to get too dependent on like one thing right uh and i also am very easily grossed out by things so like mm. i don't like bad smells i don't like <laughs> like things that things are too like gross to my to like the touch i'm like this is disgusting <laughs> i don't want sure, this sure. in my body uh and so i've been like vaporizing i like a lot of um i buy like very high-tech things <laughs> to be like i want to like because I do enjoy weed, I'm like, what is the like best, safest way to consume this? Also, like, I don't like coughing. I don't want my chest to hurt. It's like very like high maintenance. <laughs> uh, You're so, a high maintenance pothead. Wait, so what's the what's the best way to do it? I'm I'm so intrigued. So right now, I'm really into breath spray. Yes, it's minty and it's very like discreet and be like oh i'm gonna freshen my breath squirt squirt bitch i am on drugs like <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite and one can find this at just like uh, yeah, a regular like, old cute mm-hmm. like they're they're a thousand milligrams and each spray is five milligrams stop it i i need to get a partnership with breeze because literally uh, let me tell Wait, you is it called you said breeze yeah and the and the marketing is good. I mean, what a great it's name! It's very cute. It has a cute packaging. Watch me completely start hounding down the breeze, marketing <laughs> people, and be like, "Um, use code Eric twenty for." I will- also it's like very easy to like share. I've been like, "Oh, hey, like let me give you like a little squirt," and not like, "Hey, put your mouth on this thing." Especially in the era of like the three exactly. pandemics that are like swirling around. <laughs> wow, uh, the more you know with Dwayne mm-hmm. Perkins. That's honestly a spray, and it's one spray is five millis. I don't know. Yeah. I d- d- are you a one spray girl? Oh, I'm a. Depending, it truly goes from like seven to twelve. <laughs> wow, good for you. <laughs> uh, but sometimes it's like a two spray. I'd be like, oh, I have like yeah. a meeting, and I'm just like I'm nervous, and I like want to be like less nervous, or like. I'm at the gym. I'd be like, oh, like I don't need to be like really high. <laughs> um, but just a little buzz. Yeah, just like a little taste. And mainly because I don't like drinking. Yeah, I was, like, I, same, when, same. When I'm in social spaces and there's just like nothing but drinking, I'm like, well, I might as well. 
be on Might some well level. Spray, spray, not... squirt, squirt, bitch. Exactly. Okay, I'm not joking. You have completely revolutionized uh, my to-do list when it comes to weed and i will be squirt squirting to murray murring um so that brings me then to a very important podcast question which i have to ask you Dwayne perkins whose fault is it that you're gay who do we blame babe you know what i have thought about this question personally for a long time Mm. and you really like diving back to like the moment that i like really felt in my body like this is different there's something unexplainable here and I don't know what it is. And it was the movie Armageddon. (gasps) You know, what's so crazy is I'm having like a sense memory because I too had feelings watching Armageddon. Was it, were you in the theater when this happened? Were you like at a a VHS home video moment? It was VHS at home. Mm. I, I remember I was at home watching it with my family and it was the moment where, uh, Bruce Willis, like, tricks Ben Affleck into like going back so that he could be with his daughter and Ben Affleck is yelling I love you and I remember being like I'm feeling something that I like I don't think my like and then within like the context of my family of being like oh I don't know how to like like even if I would like explain what I'm feeling there is something here that I'm like oh oh I feel it and like it like something like awoken me like oh okay all right well it's kind of like in love actually i feel it in my fingers it's very like i'm looking at photos right now from this movie and there's a picture of bruce willis and some other actor named will Patton, who i'm sure he has a great career they're wearing um like astronauty militant outfits and uh, sorry not sorry bruce willis could step on me there's also Liv tyler she i can't explain why but there's something watching her on screen maybe it was the pillowy lips maybe it was knowing in the back of my head that she was a nepotism baby i just like i felt this like she is mother energy and i'm not exactly sure why but maybe because she was so naive and so beautiful and I then mean, it just cuts to ben affleck looking chiseled and hot as hell i was like that was like a part like i was a kid at that point where i was truly like blind to like you know uh-huh. systemic oppression and life and i remember being, being like we have to save this white woman's happiness like <laughs> <laughs> that is important and that's why bruce willis sacrificed his life for his daughter i'm like wow this little white girl like wow. <laughs> and then that whole song i'm like wow like her happiness is truly and this is why i think like this is the, the power of TV and film. Yes. And you trick this little black boy to be like, no, white women are the priority. Their the white woman's happiness are number one. Trump's all. White men are willing to die for the feelings <laughs> of this white woman. <laughs> Listen, Armageddon, whatever the propaganda was, it sold the message very strongly. I mean, and can't it you believe worked. It worked, and that was a 1998 film. So you and I, I think, are like pretty close in age. So we, it's a very important time in a young child's life to learn priorities to learn pop culture i mean yes i was seven seven and eight that year wow <laughs> don't you feel that i feel like armageddon what like had a had a chokehold on culture for a while wasn't that like a huge i feel like armageddon and like the apollo movies apollo 13 mm-hmm. apollo like there was a big infatuation with space and Liv tyler yes it, it felt like it felt like everybody was like wait there's more than earth <laughs> and then they were like we have to explore uh the space 
Well, like, that's why when when the movie Nope came out, I was so excited to watch it because I feel like it had been a minute since we had gone to other lands and and like remember not only were these like important movies of Armageddon, but also like Mars Attacks, super campy. I loved Mars Attacks. Lo- it was, Mars I Attacks. Lo- I was like Ray J. Wow, America's. Oh he was to me like back then like my Kiki Palmer. <laughs> 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 he's doing it all (laughs) and then the old straight man got a little tom jones moment it's not unusual to be loved by Mm. anyone and then and then the young gays got the fucking like slutty alien women and they're like they put him in perky tits and and their hair was very sculpted oh my god yeah and the makeup was stunning and then like once the lip was pulled back you saw machinery which i guess in a queer lens was saying that we're all trying to put a gorgeous (laughs) face on but underneath it were just machines yes we are all masked individuals oh wow look at look at this film critic podcast now that we're and I, I would say i watched independence day this year i was gonna say that too independence day and i you was like did and I, I was like fuck will smith was every i was like Shit, everything he, he was hot and like, be- like i was like oh i see why he was like the biggest star also the movie so action-packed <laughs> yeah the movies you know movies back then knew what they were doing i mean like it truly like though what i think these movies that we're talking about they're in some category that needs a name but it's like it it's essentially they needed to check off every single box and they did hot male lead white woman we are supposed to be concerned for her happiness and well-being action explosions aliens crazy big machinery and ships and planes for the men's to feel included it just like it somehow pleased queer boys and my straight brothers alike this is my theory of why like movies like that aren't as made now because i realized now as a grown-up like a brain who thinks way too critically about everything they were just all like propaganda <laughs> and i think it's just like hard. and now people are like well like we know too much about the military like <laughs> that's true so many if things a, have been revealed <laughs> if a movie came out and it was like look how hot these military guys are we'd be like i don't think that's a story that and that's why only like tom cruise can like make top gun because he's tom cruise and he's like Truly. yeah top gun but like Regular people are not out here being like, I want to make Pearl Harbor 2. <laughs> no, Pearl Harbor does not need a sequel. But they have also... a fantastic soundtrack. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. True. I will say I was on a plane recently and there was this woman who was in the uh, section next to me. It was one of those like big like three seats, then a three seat mm-hmm. section, then a three seat. I, I love those planes. I think I was actually flying to Chicago, if you can if you can believe it. So the middle section, this woman was just across from me in the aisle, and she was reading from a Hebrew prayer book. She was, I, she wasn't, I don't think like Orthodox wearing a wig, but she like, as a Jewish person, I love to like try to judge what <laughs> level of Judaism she is. And so I was like, I was going to say like either modern Orthodox or like high conservative religion. And so she was praying and reading her. Uh, like C-Door or whatever she had. And then she puts it down and she turns a movie on. It was Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. And I I just love the juxtaposition of like this devout Jewish woman then watching Bradley Cooper rail some woman in American <laughs> Sniper. I just, I think that that proves that they tr- have tried to make those movies. And I guess American Sniper did well. I did not see it. I hope that doesn't offend anyone. Um, okay, good. And then, but then she see this like devout religious woman, you know, it's the equal opportunity. It's the, what is it? The equalizers that everybody wants to yeah. see a hot movie star dick down. That's the true universality of cinema. You're I like, agree. Yeah. Did I watch Jason Bourne? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I mean, Matt Damon is, is, I feel like, a very divisive figure these days. And yeah. I, I don't want to get too controversial, but especially because there's been so much award season talk like i want to thank you for you've been retweeting a lot of my first college friend her she's having a huge moment stephanie Shu from everything everywhere all at once yeah i know all the buzz going around 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 her for the oscars do you what do you see in the future for will smith's um relationship to the oscars and because i know that he has a really big movie coming out do we think that with time he's going to be eligible public opinion will shift what do we what do we guess is going to happen uh, yes, I think it would just all go back to regular at the moment. He makes more money for people. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, like, this is a controversial question. You're like, the answer is yes. Um, yeah, I think it's like, like, I mean, based off what I've experienced, I'm like, things are less controversial when you just really understand that people are not good and then move with that. Like, anybody here trying to be good for good sake? Mm. <laughs> That's rare. Like when you get that, you're like, oh yeah, that's a special person. But like oh, base yeah, yeah, level, yeah. it's just like, yeah, money. This is a business. People gonna do whatever makes the most money. So right. if he's gonna well, make people money, they're gonna be oh, like, that's come, true. And they're- come back over here. Yeah, and they're going to forgive him and make sure the public forgets. Did you see any of the recent videos going around of Jennifer Lopez? They've been, um, people have been saying, like, who is the meanest celebrity or the rudest? And a lot of people are saying that. Speaking of Ben Affleck and Armageddon, when. Ben and J-Lo are together a couple times, maybe. Ben Affleck has gone to tip someone, give them a really big tip, and J-Lo comes and snatches it, takes it away, and then gives them a five. Um, When you hear that story, does it surprise you, or are we just agreeing that everyone is bad, and when they're not, it's just an exception? I mean, I think that is very humorous, if if that's, like, real, Mm -hmm. of, like, and and if I was ever in an experience where, like, that happened to me, I would laugh in that famous person's face. I'd be like, Jennifer Lopez, like, girl, what? Like, this must be a bit. Like, this is crazy. But Please tell and, me this is a bit. And like, I love bits. I'm like, very bit for it. Like, yeah, let's do bits. Um, and the, of, like, the bit of like a very rich person snatching money, like, that is very comical. Because you're like, that's not, that can't be, that, that's too on the nose. Like, you can't actually yeah. be this person. So I... That's hard to believe that she would do that. <laughs> I know. But if she did in true like earnesty, still hilarious. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe she got a very weird relationship with money. <laughs> I Maybe. Just yeah. like, <laughs> Maybe she has like one of the richest people in the world, but still has scarcity mindset. Yeah. Like, I don't know. to like, judge her trauma? I know. She grew up in the Bronx. I don't know her yeah. experience. So like, I don't know. Um, but also, yeah, people are bad. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Do you have have there been any? I'll ask the nice question. Have there been any people, either celebrities or just very like highly renowned, respectful people that have surprised you in a really great way of how down to earth they are? Are there any like goodies that you've met? Um. Yes, I really like uh, Tim Story, the director of The Blackening. Um, mm. and he has like his movies have grossed over like a billion dollars. He's just like have done a lot with a lot of people. And, and yet he's still super nice. The night, like, and he has returned every single text. Like, I, he's so. I, I told him, like, I told him because I'm not. I didn't ask. Like, I said, you're gonna be my mentor because that's the way I move in the world. Hell <laughs> and yeah. he was good. like, okay. And then he just be answering all my questions in like the nicest, sweetest way. He's just a very supportive person. Um, I love that you, you, you asked for what you wanted. Take two. You. Uh, 
named what you needed and the universe delivered. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also met Lupita at a party once and we danced and she was just like, like, and like, we were like dancing, like, just like, and she was like, wow, you're really good at dancing. And I was like, you are too, girl. And we were just like dancing in a way. And then we like talked and it was just like very down to earth and fun. And I was like, girl, do you know who you are? (laughs) Do you know who you are, Lupita? I, I, I can imagine she is just incredible in every sense of the word uh i am jealous of your dance story because years ago i was at a party where um i've probably told i have told the story before but zachary quinto was at this and i was like i was young enough to be naive and think that any gay person would want to give another gay person the time of day and so i kept trying to like make eye contact and dance with him and he was decidedly very not into me however one day zachary quinto I would love to dance to the cha-cha slide at the least with you, uh, a bar mitzvah or otherwise. Have a moment. Yeah. I also met uh, Stephanie at TIFF. Oh, we love. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, because and so. By the way, this whole TIFF thing, you uh, you showed the blackening. You, of course, there was a bidding war, and now it is going to be in theaters June sixteenth. You know, yes. I'm going to be fucking there, front row. I also want to shout out the who you wrote the movie with has written one of my favorite movies. It's Tracy Oliver. She wrote Girls Trip. Yes. I think yes. there is something about that movie that if i had been a young closeted gay boy seeing that i would have have been forced to come out because (laughs) no one would have guessed i was straight by how much i was talking about regina hall oh my god yes i am Mm. she honestly i think in the scary movie franchise is what pushed me out of the closet further because i i mean i remember anna ferris recently i think said like she would do another scary movie with regina like if the money was there like there were you a scary movie girlina yes yes i was and that and brenda was truly like for me like it, it it like resonated because also she like represented like a lot of girls that i grew up with i'm like yeah these are my family members these are my sisters uh and she the comedic timing they just in that movie she stood she was just like a shining star that i was like who yes. is this and I didn't know her before that, uh, except as uh, Monica's sister on, on Love and Basketball. Oh, <laughs> and so wow. I was like, oh, that's the girl from Love and Basketball. And now she's hilarious. In the scary movie, too. She was even like better. Yes. In scary movie. Like I, she just like kept getting and everything I saw her in. She was just like never not amazing. So I loved her from. I would love to know her journey. Like a dream. She would obviously be a dream guest for this podcast because she is so uniquely herself but she's done such a crazy wide range of movies that i think is like obviously i know she's been working for a long time and it's taken like it takes so much work and time to get to this point but if she doesn't have an oscar vehicle that is like the regina hall movie i would end it all i think she deserves the world I agree. Um, I watched, uh, I went to the premiere for Honk for Jesus, and there is like a monologue that she does at the end that I was like, damn. Like, if if that movie got, I feel like she should have gotten recognized more yeah. for it because her performance was truly fantastic. Well, I also want to, uh, this reminds me of all these ideas that 
we have for either Regina Hall or all of our icons. You tweeted a show idea you have that's called You Want to Die on This Hill. It's a show, quote, where I challenge people to defend an opinion they made in a tweet. If their defense is sound, they win money. But if I can prove their opinion is fucking stupid, they lose and literally die on a hill. It's Squid Game plus Z-Way. <laughs> I mean, Squid Game plus Z-Way is, is all I need to hear. Um, <laughs> I, I think especially this is good to, to put on Twitter, too, because there are so many people that tweet opinions that they, like, hold so fast. And it's like, what? how do you have this much energy to even care? I mean, like, just as just, just like, critically thinking, I'm just like, how, when did your thought process stop? Like, just keep, yeah. just think three more thoughts and you would see that that is fucking stupid. Like, that doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of just, I'm, I've had therapy since I was a very small child because I had a speech impediment and it was a whole thing. So I just have really, also I couldn't talk. So I was, I've just been forced to listen my whole life. Mm. Just been like, okay, I really have to think about what I'm going to say because I literally sometimes cannot say it. So like, there's a very intentionality in which I speak. Yeah. So when people just like say things, I'm just like, you didn't think about that. Because I know how it would have worked if you thought about it. Because I just thought about it, and that's stupid. I like I literally just thought about like, okay, well, a plus b, well, right, plus c, right, changes that, and you just stopped at b. Why? Why'd you stop? Maybe they probably <laughs> start stopped at a. Sometimes I think it's sometimes people who too never and like yes, it's probably a lot of like straight white men who were never told that they needed to stop and think or they or they felt that they owned the world and so they only go out with their first thought and then and then i mean obviously there are so many problematic people that are not just straight white men but i feel that whenever i see it represented in a movie or that's partly why i didn't watch american sniper that's partly why i um i recently saw the new avatar movie and while of course it's beautiful the you know animation the 3d stuff was cool there's like i had a distinct experience of watching the villain of the movie i guess you would say who's like really straight dude that's just like a military bro and like whatever there's a flashback to whatever and i remember feeling like this is partly why i don't like these types of movies is because i'm being confronted with the thing that i like the least which is a straight man who not only needs to make you feel like less of a person because you're not a straight man or make you or like uh what's the word when they like not infantilize but like i grew up with so many douchebaggy straight guys and so when i see that represented as a trope or a character in a movie my instinct is to not want it's to disengage because that's what i had to do growing up and so like i think that's why the blackening that's why the regina hall rules that's why i mean any fucking character actress like i and especially we as gay people gravitate towards that because we don't have to we don't want to watch the people who are who were the ones being a dick to us growing up that's my soapbox about that. I don't know how I got there, but thank you for listening. <laughs> no, like, um, I also think in terms of just like who's been able to create at some point, those mm-hmm. tropes are just like overdone. Yeah. It's like, oh, like I have, I, I've, I've experienced it and I've seen it. It's just like, oh, just in terms of storytelling, that narrative is stale to certain people based yeah. on their identities because they've experienced a certain 
level of something. Um, and that is why movies that tend to be created by diverse people are just more interesting because it's literally just a different point of view that you have not seen. Right. Like, oh, right. Like that villain will simply be different because the person that created it would be different. Exactly. And I think that's <laughs> why it's so exciting to see you and so many people that I look up to like creating stuff. But you did say something that really is interesting to me that you've been in therapy for a really long time, especially with speech therapy and everything. Did you, when you came out, were you, had you been in therapy? Did it influence your coming out experience? How old were you? I was uh, 17 when I came out. Mm. And yes. was it something that you had talked about in therapy or was it something that you were doing on your, your own inner monologue? It was not because I still was not trustful of like the system of therapy. And I assumed that like being gay would kind of reverberate in every aspect of my life. And so mm -hmm. it was something that I felt like siloed off to. So most of my therapy was around like my feelings because the assumption was that my stutter was like a trigger from something else. So by the time I was in high school, I was like pretty rejective of it. So I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like people I are like, see. like I had like, like a, what is it? Like a counselor mm -hmm. that, that would like have to do check-ins and be like, Hey, and we have to like meet and he like find me in the hallway. And I'd be like, stop talking to me. Like people are going to think like, I'm like not normal. So yeah. it was just me kind of like being, being like, Oh, like I have, because I've been doing this, I have like tools that I've like perfected to where essentially people cannot, like they don't know that I have this disability, so to speak. And so I was pretty much like trying to hide that as well. Um, and so. Wow. <laughs> that's layered. That's layered because I think that as an adult, I have clung to therapy because it's been the like thing that buoys me from all of my either like own stuff or traumas from life. But I can imagine that as a younger person, especially if you're like trying to overcome a stutter or whatever it is, that if you feel like it's being put onto you, it's a completely different relationship to it. And in a way, I'm kind of thankful that I found therapy myself because if it had been although i'm just having a flashback to when i came out to my mom when i was i was uh 18 she had me go to a therapist just to like talk to someone to make sure i was okay and i told the therapist everything that i was feeling and he was just like yeah you seem okay and then i just stopped going but um i do remember wondering if I was being sent to therapy because something was wrong with me. But I do give my parents the benefit of the doubt that it was just yeah. a way to help me uh, work through it. And um, I am grateful for that. But I can imagine that as a 17-year-old with all the therapy you had been in, it would probably, it it's almost like putting it on its head because you didn't want to talk about your being gay in therapy. Had you Had you kissed a boy by the time you had come out or did that happen after? No, no. My very first kiss was like the summer after I came out. Summer loving. Yep. I was doing a musical. <laughs> I feel like statistically speaking, that is how so many gay boys have their first kiss. What musical was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it, it was West Side Story. I was a jet. He was a shark. And then we were like, oh, uh, it was truly like the gay, like I've written a show about it. It's pretty like it. That show is like very special to me for that reason. Oh, I, I would 100% <laughs> watch that show. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, well, we're going to keep that in the um, the hopes and wishes for the future. Yes. Speaking of, <laughs> you're also working on uh, Clue, the animated series. Yes. Did you? It's you, I think you story. Mm. Oh my god! Look at it. This is all coming back. Did you? Did you say that you went to college for animation? Yes, I have a degree in it. What in the? Well, that's amazing. <laughs> so, what does that mean for d- people that are dumb like me? Yes. So um, I went to school. It was like half film, half art. So the first two years I had to go to film school. I had to like learn how to be on sets and direct and do all this stuff, which which was very fun. Um, And then the last two years were very art based. So I had Mm. specialties. Uh, I picked hand drawn like a dumb bitch. It was so much work. (laughs) So, So much drawing. And then my senior final was a stop motion which was also so much work. I am ambitious in a very unhealthy way. That's <laughs> why we sprayed THC down our throats. <laughs> exactly. Well, we would go crazy. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's... And then you now are working on the Clue animated series. You're also an executive producer on the Sausage Party series, Foodtopia. Just so much. I I saw Sausage Party in theaters, and I I'm obsessed with it. I grew up with like the most like like rank, crass senses of humor, and to see like yeah. an animated film that is just like so like all like cute foods, and then they're just like just doing and saying the worst shit. <laughs> the worst shit. It's up my alley. I would say of like the jobs I've had, that it, it's it's a very fun job, and I was. And I hope this doesn't sound bad. The showrunners, I, I was like, okay, these four straight men, how's this going to be? I've had issues with this in the past. Mm-hmm. And they were truly the just the kindest, sweetest men. And I was like, I love when 
experiences like forced me to stretch my point of view of being like, yeah. okay, you can't judge everybody. Yeah. And I really love like being proved like, no, like, like chill. Like, yes, you've gone through stuff. You've experienced people. And that is true to your truth of like your lived experience of like, yes, you have like walls up. Those yeah. defenses are justified. Yes. But I love when a person is able to like break down a part of it and being like, oh, I'm like, yes, please. Yes. I want to be as open as possible and meeting people that really give you the opportunity to let down those walls, I think are like what makes life like exciting. And if we may, it's rare that I actually say nice things about straight men. However, there are (laughs) the ones that like you're saying that defy expectation or they have work through the societal requirements of being an asshole and they have become like you're saying these like self-aware welcoming open people i have a couple of straight guy friends in my life who know who they are and it is a healing experience to work or be friends with a yeah it really is it takes a certain straight guy to actually form a close either working relationship or friendly relationship with a queer person because you need to have a sense of safety when you're friends with someone or work with someone and and i think that it to the the ones who are the good ones i raise my glass i i drink to you yes i literally saw a tweet and i don't remember the exact words but it was like talking about like the gay straight friend i'd be like oh yeah like that's my straight friend like he's not gay but like he, he he gets it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I would say um, the experience of filming The Blackening, I was like very nervous for this reason of being like, okay, I'm going to have to like interact with like new straight men. Yeah. I have not like openly put myself in, in environments where I interact with straight men daily. Like I don't have a lot of interactions and, and purposely because I'm like, oh, I go to spaces where I purposely feel as safe as possible and experiences of being my little gay ass is not normally in those spaces. Right. And, and when I met these three men, Melvin Gregg, Sinqua Walls, and Jermaine Fowler, I was like, okay, what is this going to be? And truly, I loved these men <laughs> so much. Like me and Melvin Gregg, I, we, we had like a moment on set where I like went up to him and I was like, hey, so, because we were talking about like first impressions and like mm-hmm. how, and he was like, hey, um, we're good now, but like you were kind of cold. And I was like, honestly, I was. (laughs) (laughs) That was the energy that now in hindsight, (laughs) I have deeply thought about and unpacked. And and I told him like, you just reminded me of like the guys that I grew up with. And I like had like some unchecked trauma that I did not realize until like we had to interact. And every experience I've had with you has been truly so kind, so loving And it has like forced me to like really look at myself and like deal with that. And I'm so grateful for you. And he was like, oh my God, like, (laughs) thank you for like telling me that. And he said something similar about being around like me. We just had like this moment. And I was like, wow. Now I go to his house and I'm like, know his like family. (laughs) I think that's (laughs) very sweet and like earnest. Uh, I just really. And that, 
what's it's also like a very grown-up conversation too because don't you feel that that game of what was your first impression it statistically can go to some scary places like i thought you were such a fucking bitch like (laughs) sometimes like when you hear that you're like wait like but in your conversation it's actually unpacking some pretty deep stuff about the guys you grew up with and then and then you thought he was gonna have that similar energy i know that i do the same thing when i there's just a certain wall you have to put up when you're in a a positioner with a group of people who you don't feel are going to celebrate who you are. And I think that's partly why the straight people who don't get it, it's so hard for them because they've never had to worry about the space they're in. Like they don't because mm-hmm. their space is the norm. But something that we understand inherently is like having to like change who you are to feel safe or accepted or whatever it is like i had a dream the other day about being back in high school and it i'll just say it didn't feel good like there i do not miss i do not miss one second of pretending that i wasn't gay i you would have to pay me what dollar amount would you have to be paid to go back and back in the closet as your teenage self for like a month how much would you have to be paid to do that i mean quite a bit uh like i was just talking to a friend about this but when i was like pretending to be sure like what that meant Mm -hmm. and just i i I wrote this one man show called how being black and gay made me better than you and it's Mm -hmm. all about how like how the particular intersection like race and sexuality like created barriers and like Mm -hmm. struggles that i had to work through and now now that i'm an adult and kind of comparing like the like mental exercises in which all of my counterparts have gone through i'm like oh y'all were not forced to like do these things because you didn't have to like Mm. even like not being able to like speak and knowing like the mental processes of like oh in order for me to literally speak i have to like check certain things and now it's like just a habit, like having to like grow a muscle to like do these things and just kind of recognizing how like the othernesses and our identities creates a lane of experience that creates a path of knowledge. And if you did not experience that, you simply do not have that knowledge. It gives you a depth. It makes you better than other people. It gives you like a creative lens that (laughs) they don't have. And I think we are reaping the benefits from all the work that you have done to create these hilarious and amazing projects. And I think you fucking are, you are better than everyone else. (laughs) Well, then that means you are perfectly equipped to answer one of our final podcast questions, which is Dwayne Perkins. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. Who would you save? Baby, we've already talked about this. It's Regina Hall. <laughs> like 100%. I had this answer already. And I, and then oh when you God. brought her up, I was truly like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my <laughs> this God. This is why she is who would be saved. It um, is a gorgeous answer. So you really, I mean, Regina deserves. Regina deserves. And I would say, like, I, for a long time, I felt very disconnected with the kind of like the trope that like gay men in their connection to like character actresses uh-huh. it, it was always truly just like a slew of white women that i was like who are these white women <laughs> like <laughs> what's this um but now i get it like i've like i'm like okay like yes 
When you find the character actress that speaks to you, I think it does unlock an understanding of the fact that you would die for her. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I see the power that you have, and it's bigger than me. <laughs> it is bigger than me. It is bigger than you. It is bigger than us. I mean, my first, I, one of the reasons why I've gravitated towards that idea is that my first true feeling of acceptance or being seen was because of Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act 2. It like that I was 11 or 12 and my closest friend um, who is still one of my closest friends, they are a queer icon and they showed me that movie and we watched it every single weekend for months because I think we both saw, I saw something in Whoopi who saw something in us like it it, it was a weird safe space which i it's so sad to me that we have to end this episode in a second because you're you're a legend and a delight and such a star. <laughs> um so with that in mind even though i kind of I, I i always try not to bring up any of her movies before i ask this question but i did not prep you on this final podcast question but Dwayne, what is in your opinion the best whoopi goldberg film for me Impact-wise, I do think it's Sister Act 2. I think that there was, like, something in the, like, DNA and the sauce of, like, having the history of Sister Act 1. Like, that was a moment. And then I'm like, okay, like, it really dived into her. And then take kind of really giving that space to, like, this generation of, like, young kids. Like, it really, like, hit. It, like, hit, like, the zeitgeist in, like, a very hard way. Where, like, I, yes, yesterday. Was it yesterday? The day before? I was at a friend's house and Joyful Joyful played and we were doing the choreography. Like, it's just not, it's not a, it, it's like just a stamp. It's like historic. It's iconic. Um, it is all those things. I think till the day I die, I will perk up if I hear that song. If I hear Oh Happy Day. And the fact that I, as a young Jewish boy in the Midwest, was like, you know, scream singing about Jesus Christ. <laughs> only Whoopi, only Whoopi Goldberg could do that. And I salute her. Uh, well, she is listen, the great equalizer. <laughs> she really is. And Dwayne Perkins, I am so thrilled you came on That's a Gay Ass podcast. Before we say goodbye, where can people follow you? Ooh, you can follow me on Instagram at Dwayne K. Perkins. D E W A Y N E. We love to see it. And of course, you have got to go with me to see The Blackening. I just know that the movie is going to be everything and more. And I'm so excited for you and grateful you came on, Dwayne. You're a star. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.